Welcome to Walking Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 7, 1 through 12, called To Judge or Not to Judge. So here's the thing. Dogs and pigs in the ancient world to the Jewish mind were unclean animals. You don't give what's unclean to dogs and pigs or dogs and hogs, if you will. Now you might say, what is Jesus talking about? He's saying, look, in the kingdom of God, we have the gospel of the kingdom. We share the gospel with people and we're supposed to share it with every creature under heaven, right? We try to share the gospel wherever we go. But let's say someone's closed to things like that. Let's say that every time we come and we try to bring the gospel to someone, they not only do they reject it, but they get violent with us or they might want to beat us up. At some point, you have to make the call whether someone's open to spiritual things or not. Some of the great evangelists in the world say, you know, swing to the spiritual with someone from the natural to the spiritual and see if they're open. If they're not open or they get, you know, uh, violent or angry with you, of course, you're not going to try to shove it down their throat. And that's really what Jesus is saying. You need discernment about how you deal with the holy things. We deal as, uh, as the church with the most holy things in all of life. The truth of God, the truth of the gospel, that which is holy and precious. And we want to give it to people as much as we can. Jesus will later say, you know, if, if a home won't receive you or a town won't receive you, just shake the dust off your feet. Here's the key idea. There are certain people who cannot assess value. They can't judge things properly. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15, write it down. The natural man doesn't know how to appraise spiritual value. He puts no value on it. The spiritual man understands and appraises and no one judges him. He judges all things because he has the Holy Spirit and he's able to see value. He is a good appraiser of things. He's a good discerner of things. He can appraise things properly. The pig and dog in this scenario can't appraise value. They don't see it, they reject it, and Jesus is saying, be careful, because if you throw your pearls at a pig, he might just think you're throwing rocks at him and charge at you and trample you down. So you gotta be careful. Jesus talked about if a town won't receive you, then go to the next town, that kind of thing. I think Jesus practiced this in this way. Jesus wrapped the pearls of the kingdom in parables. And he would tell a parable. And the disciples said, why do you speak in parables? And he said, well, to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom and it's not given to them. And what's the difference between the two groups? It would seem that one group was open in pursuing understanding and another wasn't. So Jesus would tell a story and the disciples would ask for clarification. What does that mean? And what, what does that story mean? And he would reveal the pearl. The kingdom of God is called the pearl of great price in one of Jesus's kingdom parables. A, a pearl of great value. But a pig doesn't understand the value of a pearl. He'll smash down that which is expensive and maybe trample you because he thinks you're throwing stuff at him. He doesn't know how to assess value. So we need discernment. Lord, who would you have me to witness to today? And who 
might I not witness to? How, how can I be wise? Missionaries need this, etc. I think that's what Jesus is getting at. Now, what appears to be some disjointed verses actually fit well with the flow of thought. Let's read them together. This is Matthew 7, 7. Famous words. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it shall be opened. Now, ask, seek, and knock are all Greek present imperatives which indicate keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. And I see a process here of uh, kind of things get ratcheted up in intensity from asking to then seeking to then knocking. If I were to ask you right now, and you can, you can talk back to me right now in this part of the sermon, I don't mind. I don't mind amens and hallelujahs either. If I were to ask you, what does the Bible overall teach is the most important thing for you to get? What would you say it is? Felt it out. Love. What else? Wisdom. Now, Jesus is talking about discernment and judging. And sometimes when people see these words and some other verses similar to this, they think that Jesus is making a carte blanche promise about prayer. Whatever you ask, whatever you seek, whatever you knock, it's going to be given to you. But let me submit to you that the flow of thought here is about judgment or discernment or wisdom in navigating life. I'm going to take you to just a couple of Proverbs. Hold your place in Matthew. We'll come back to that. Right after the Psalms, you got the Proverbs. It's wisdom literature. It's all about wise walking, making good decisions, avoiding evil, clinging to what's good. Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock. Let's pick up some of these themes in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son, Proverbs 2, 1. If you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. If you cry for discernment, Proverbs 2, 3, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her, notice, as silver, ask, seek, and knock, and search for her as for hidden treasures. Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity. Guarding the paths of justice, he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. For wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion or good judgment will guard you. Understanding will watch over you. Flip over to Proverbs 4, just a few pages to your right. Look at verse 5, Proverbs 4, 5. Acquire wisdom, Proverbs 4, 5, or get wisdom, the ESV says, get insight. Do not forget, do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her, that's wisdom, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. One more in Proverbs 8. Here, wisdom is personified. What does that mean? Wisdom is given personhood or personality, as though wisdom were speaking to us. And here's what it says. Proverbs 8, verse 13. It says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. 
pride and arrogance and the evil way. And the perverted mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding, power is mine. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, that is wisdom, princes rule and nobles, all who judge rightly. I love those who love me and those who diligently seek me. What's the promise? They will find me. Do you guys remember when the Lord appeared to Solomon and the Lord said, basically, you got a a blank check, Solomon. Ask me what you want and I'll give it to you. And Solomon, 1 Kings chapter 3, asks for, what was it? Wisdom. And because he asks for wisdom and not wealth or honor, God added all those other things to him. He said, because you asked me for wisdom to rule my people, I'm going to add everything else to you that you didn't ask for. Listen to it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things he will add to you. Solomon, the living example of the truth Jesus conveys. Ask, back to Matthew 7, seek and knock. I want you to think with me about these words. I don't think they're just synonyms for prayer. Ask sounds to me like praying. How about seek? What would it look like to seek wisdom? Since the flow of the verse is about, is about making good judgment, what does it mean to seek? Well, it looks something like this. I think when I'm asking the Lord about something, I pray about it, and then I begin to, I begin to search his word. I don't think the Lord imparts wisdom by osmosis. Just let it sink into my head in Jesus' name. Now, he wants you to read your Bible, take some highlighters, some pens, and begin to search out wisdom because God's word is filled with it. Some months ago, we were wrestling over something as an elder board, and we didn't know which way the Lord would have us to go, and so we began to pray, and we said we were going to wait on the Lord, and I was reading my Bible with this dilemma in mind, this situation we needed to decide on, and I was going to read something in Isaiah, and something else caught my eye. It was kind of just, you know, one chapter over, and it literally, to me, leaped off the page, and the Lord answered the issue we had as a board from a scripture in Isaiah. And to me, it was like, not only did it leap off the page, but the, I felt like the Lord basically spoke to my heart and said, that's my answer. And when I shared it with the elder board, everybody felt like, yeah, that resonates with all of us. I think the Lord spoke to you. I think that's what will happen sometimes. You ask, you pray, but you seek. You don't wait for Ed McMahon or whoever it is now to show up at your door with balloons and you've won $5,000 a week for life. Great! I don't have to get a job now. I don't have to do anything. No, you seek your Bible. You seek wisdom. And finally, you knock. What do you think the knocking metaphor could be? Do you think it could be asking someone else for wisdom? In the Christian world, we talk a lot about we should pray about things, search our Bibles, and then maybe get godly wisdom. Maybe the knock is a friend's door. A pastor's door. Someone you respect in the Lord and you say, hey, could, could you help me? I think this is the way the Lord's showing me this and I've got this scripture, but I would like to get your wisdom on it. Ask, seek, and knock. If you lack wisdom, ask God and he'll give generously. But I don't think that you just sit around and do nothing. 
You actively pursue. You try to get wisdom because getting wisdom is the preeminent thing. We just read it. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm producer Rob. Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on eight radio stations. Now, we're excited to tell you this month we have begun broadcasting in San Diego. So if you're listening from there, welcome. We hope that this teaching is a blessing to you. So now we're on two radio stations in Southern California, one in Northern California in the Bay Area, Arizona, Idaho, Utah, and two in Georgia, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. In addition, we have listeners all over the world, like in South Africa, Nepal, Australia, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, and Israel, thanks to our podcast. The country where we have the second most listeners is India. Fewer than 3% of the population are Christians there. The point is, the hope of the gospel is getting around. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth by giving at least $5 a month and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. And also, thank you for contributing to the joy in learning God's Word and feeling Him close. Now, Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, the podcast, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Now, our current level of listener financial support is not quite 50% yet, and we are praying for more listeners to become part of the Walk in Truth team. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible Christmas gift today? or become a monthly partner of at least $10 a month, please help us reach 50% listener support before the year ends. Call 844-48-TRUTH to give. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH or give at walkintruth.com. And thank you so much in behalf of Pastor Michael and the whole Walk in Truth team. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth financial partners, and be sure to check out our Walk in Truth app, available in your app store. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. If you lack wisdom, ask God and He'll give generously, but I don't think that you just sit around and do nothing. You actively pursue. You try to get wisdom, because getting wisdom is the preeminent thing. We just read it. Verse 9. Now, Jesus moves into the image of a father. He's been saying that God is our father. And he says, and what man or father is there among you? Verse 9, Matthew 7. When a son shall ask him for a loaf or some bread, will he give him a stone? Dads want what's best for their kids. If he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? Of course not. We know that our father is good. And if you then being evil, we're all fallen human beings in a fallen world. But if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, human fathers want to give the best to their kids, moms and dads, how much more from the lesser to the greater shall your father who's in heaven give what is good? If you have an ESV, New King James, it says, give good things to those who ask him. When we ask the Lord, he wants to give us good things. I want you to turn to Luke 11. This is the parallel version of this sermon that Luke records. There's a little 
uh, insight here I want to show you. But I want to say something about our Heavenly Father. I certainly do not understand everything that goes on, and we pray about stuff, and sometimes it doesn't go the way that I would like it to go, or I think it should go, and I'll put things before the Lord, and I have to rest in believing that God knows what's best. And that's not always easy for me, and I know it's not always easy for you. We have a lot of dilemmas in life, and we pray about things, and we think that this could be the best you know, outcome of a situation, but if I know my Heavenly Father wants to give good gifts, I try to trust him with what's best, even if I don't always understand it. Now, Jesus in Luke 11, you, you'll see it's the same uh, content here, but he says something about fathers that Luke records, and here's what it says. If you then, Luke eleven thirteen, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Now, Matthew's version says good things. Luke's version says the Holy Spirit. Does Matthew have in mind that the ultimate good thing is the Holy Spirit? I would argue probably yes. I don't know for sure. But we see the link in Luke 11. And let me just make a comment on this. When you are trying to navigate a situation, you have a helper from heaven. His name is the Holy Spirit. He's the third person of the Holy Trinity. He's come to help you, lead you into truth, comfort you, come alongside you literally. What does Jesus mean that the Lord will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Well, in a believing context, I believe it means an infilling of the Holy Spirit or maybe wisdom from on high since the Spirit lives inside of us. Think about it with me. The spiritual man can discern all things. The Holy Spirit imparts gifts like discernment, 1 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15. Words of wisdom and words of knowledge, 1 Corinthians 12, 8. The discerning of spirits or distinguishing, distinguishing between spirits, 1 Corinthians 12, 10. He's the divine distributor of gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, 11. We're called to earnestly seek the best gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Love being the preeminent one. I want you to see this. That when you are wrestling with a situation and you pray... The Lord promises to impart wisdom from the Spirit so you can understand kingdom values. You have a helper, amen? It's a good time for an amen. You have a helper on high, and when you ask, the Lord will give you. Ask, seek, knock, and it will be given. What he promises to give you is wisdom to make the right judgment to discern it. And it may take a while and it may be a process, but the process in and of itself is a good thing because the process helps you to grow. And that's one of the goals that God has in mind. So if it were just easy and the moment you ask, seek and knock, which seems to be a progression here, you just get it. Oh, that's what I should do. Then there's no process. And James tells us that even when we're going through trials, the process itself matures us. We learn more of God's way. We learn to search out wisdom. We learn to rely upon the Holy Spirit. Do you see? This is the way it works. And then the, the capping idea called the golden rule is in verse 12. Therefore, however you want people to treat you, so treat them. For this is the law and the prophets. This is another way to say love God, love people. It's pretty much the same thing. It's called the golden rule. However you want to be treated, however you'd want someone to point out the speck in your eye, treat them the same way. 
This sums up the law and the prophets. That's a radical statement. So the next time I want to be critical of someone or point out a speck or even a log, I have to keep in mind that the way I judge is going to come back to me, right? So I want to do a little healthy self-examination. And if I've searched my heart, searched my motive, and my motive was to lovingly, graciously remove a splinter, then I think I'm in pretty good shape. But if I begin to search my heart and realize, you know what, I'm coming down on that person and I do the same thing, only worse, I've got a major log in my eye, then I might want to get that out first before I go to them. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, look, we need the, we need the heart of the king. We need the heart of the ultimate judge. I want to take you to a scene as we are closing here. Remember the woman who's caught in the act, very act of adultery and she gets dragged in front of Jesus And they say, this woman was caught in the very act. This is what the law of Moses says, but what do you say? And of course, we know they're trying to trap Jesus. Jesus kneels down and he begins to write in the ground. We don't know what he wrote, but he writes and and they're waiting, you know, with bated breath. Come on, come on, give us an answer. What do you say? What do you say? And Jesus raises up famously and remember what he said? All right, you who are without logs, you, you who have no sin, Go ahead and throw the first rock of judgment at her. And from the oldest to the youngest, they dropped the rocks. They dropped, you know, they realized who they were. They got confronted and they left because many of them knew why they were there. And you know why they were there? They could care less about what she did. They were trying to trap him and he called them out. And one by one, they walked away and he looked at the woman and he said, woman, where, where are your condemners? Where are your accusers? She looked around. There are none, Lord. Then neither do I condemn you. But go and sin no more. And he lovingly removed the speck or maybe the log. And he did it the way I think we're called to do it. Kingdom judgment. It's not a negative thing. It's doing the right thing for the right reason and having the king's heart. For mercy indeed triumphs over judgment. You've been listening to To Judge or Not to Judge, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with the final word. As we think about the subject of judging, we ultimately find before us this idea of hypocritical judgment. And once we have the log out of our own eye, we can see clearly to take the speck out of our brother's eye. This gives us a clear order of things. And we said this in the message. First, we start with us. We make sure that our eye is clear. We make sure that we've dealt with our own stuff, as it were. And then we're able to see more clearly to help others. And remember, the key word here is help. It's not that we're coming down on people to be the judgment police here, but we're rather 
seeing how we can help somebody else get the speck out of their eye. So the idea would be helpful here. You know, whenever we hear judgment, we think, oh, it's negative. Don't judge me, man. But actually, when you have someone in your life who cares enough about you, as long as they're not being legalistic, if they want to help you get out of pain or get that speck out of your eye, right, that's a good thing. And ultimately, the Lord is a righteous judge, and he does the same in our lives. Think about it as believers. We'll just put aside judgment of unbelievers on that final day. And think about how the Lord does things in our life. The Lord is my judge in the sense that he wants me to be right. He wants my life to be pure. And if he points out stuff in my life, it's so that I can see more clearly to do his will. You're listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. And we're going to take a break now from the book of Matthew as we move into the blessed holy day of Christmas. And we're going to look at two Christmas messages. We're going to look at one called Heaven Came Down, and we'll celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ is the greatest gift of all. And then we're going to talk about Christmas consolation. We'll talk about how the coming of Christ consoles our soul or bring us, brings us comfort in the most important area of life, and that is in our soul. So glad you're listening. Hey, if you want to know more about the ministry, you can go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com, and we will see you right here, Lord willing, tomorrow. And join us tomorrow as we take a pause in the book of Matthew for a couple Christmas messages. Pastor Michael's teaching in Luke 2 and Philippians 2 called Heaven Came Down. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.